0: This episode was created on traditional, unceded Coast Salish territories of the Songhees and Wasanich people. You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journey here at UVic. Welcome to Beyond the Jargon. I'm your host for today, Max Monday. I have Chelsea Dunning, Master's Student in Medical Physics, with me in the studio. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. So, Chelsea, your research involves medical imaging. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. So, medical imaging
1: is a, is a very wild, wide field in medical physics. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we aim to um, image parts of the body that you can't see. So, like, namely inside the body. So, usually we can take um, CT scans of, like, what your bones look like if you have, like, a broken bone. Or um, an MRI scan of, like, your brain. So um, my research is looking at a different kind of CT imaging. So mainly before I can go on my research, essentially in my field of study, we do use medical imaging for the purpose of cancer detection and monitoring um, the growth of the tumor and the reduction of it during treatment.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that CT scans then that you mostly focus on?
1: Um, Yeah, so basically um, we're using the way to do a CT scan, but in sort of a different application. So my research involves imaging gold nanoparticle distributions. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is, instead of looking at the transmission of the x-rays that come from the machine, so that's how um, we get a CT image, we're basically looking at the x-rays that come out from the gold nanoparticles due to fluorescence that happens. And uh, we're using those
0: x-rays to reconstruct an image of the distribution. Before we get into uh, gold nanoparticles, how does CT scanning and other medical imaging tie into medical physics? So basically, it's um, we're using
1: all the physics behind how that imaging works mm-hmm. is what we study. So for CT imaging, there's a whole branch of physics into um, making the x-rays that go into your body for the purpose of scanning. And all the algorithms that go into the reconstruction also falls into um, the physics of it. And just um, we need to know how those x-rays um, interact with matter, so namely your body. Also, there's a whole big field of medical physics that involves radiation therapy. So we need to know how radiation affects your body and how it can affect um, tumor growth
0: and tumor, base, tumor death. So imaging in medical physics in that spectrum is basically like how these particles hit um, matter in the body and then bounce off and you can see them. Is that how it kind of like ties into that?
1: In a way, yes. So um, the way that x-rays or photons interact with um, the body um, is in a probabilistic nature. So there's a certain probability that the x-ray will interact in your body or any matter in general. Mm -hmm. So depending on the energy of it the less likely it's actually interacting in your body. So for low-energy photons, so we're dealing with about keV range for imaging. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like a high energy in a way. (laughs) Basically, it either just passes right through your body. So we want that for CT imaging. We want to see the the number of photons that come out. Mm -hmm. But in our case, we want the photons to interact because we want to see the photons that come out from the gold nanoparticles, in my research in general, to see um, the N image. Okay. So um, the way that x-rays do interact in your body is uh, they interact with your cells and your DNA. So actually, this is what kills a tumor. So um, there's two different ways that, uh, or I guess, photons, what they do is that they interact with um, atoms in your, in your cells in your body, mm-hmm. and uh, that releases free electrons or free ions. That cause um, the uh, DNA to break, Okay. and so that's what kills the t- cells in your body. So ideally, we want those to kill tumor cells, and then try to minimize the healthy tissue that that you would destroy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do these gold
0: nanoparticles
1: play into that? So right now, there's um, there's some studies going on about possibly the use of gold nanoparticles for sensitizing the the uh, the tumor to radiation. Mm-hmm. So that's not clinical yet. It's just um, totally research and development right now. There's doing some research on small animals at the moment. So we're hoping that, so gold nanoparticles are used because um, they're pretty good in terms of like not being toxic to the body, mm-hmm. at least in smaller concentrations. And uh, we, want to, we want to be able to image the distribution to make sure that's in the tumor site once you inject into a small animal. And so uh, at UVic, we have a new small animal radiator Mm -hmm. And so in the future, we're hoping to uh, integrate an imaging system on it so that we can um, see what kind of images that we can get
0: possibly. How was it discovered that uh, gold nanoparticles can be used for CT scans? Gold has a pretty high density, so it would Mm -hmm. show
1: up really, really uh, bright on a CT image because the more dense an object is, the the higher the contrast in a CT image in general Mm -hmm. Um, because we're thinking in the number of... uh, photons that pass through, remember. Yes. But in terms of this kind of application for gold nanoparticles for radiation sensitization, the gold happens in very small concentrations. Mm -hmm. So getting a CT image at smaller concentrations is pretty difficult to do. Because in the gold nanoparticle solution, the density is very close to water, which is basically soft tissue that we model it as. And so um, we found that we can get pretty good images if we use uh, the x-ray fluorescence CT imaging technique that uh, I've described.
0: You said that gold nanoparticles are used um, to kind of be a defense for the body against the radiation? It's basically to sensitize the tumor Mm -hmm. to the radiation. Oh, to sensitize the tumor itself. Yes. Okay, okay, cool. How can we tell whether or not This process is useful for the procedure. Do you have like a a control group and then a, what's the word, an experimental group or something like that?
1: Um, So there's lots of research at that um, with small animals and uh, in phantoms in general. Mm -hmm. That's not really in my realm of research, (laughs) unfortunately. But it is pretty interesting, though. But yeah, the golden pearl curls basically cause more interactions to happen Mm -hmm. based on the property that it's gold, not soft tissue and so the more interactions you can get the more dose that you can deliver to a tumor Um, and that's from what I understand in my literature but we do have another researcher other than my supervisor that we got
0: um, this year who's doing um, more research into that kind of stuff sweet okay Uh, how is the use of golden nanoparticles better than the current process for a CT scan or other medical scan so
1: basically, um, we're exploiting the property of fluorescence. Mm-hmm. So, when gold or any heavy or any atom in general actually um, is excited, so once it gets bombarded with radiation, um, the atom gets excited. Mm-hmm. And so it de excites by releasing a photon of a certain energy. So, it's a very characteristic specific energy we're looking at, mm-hmm. which is the difference between, um, so if you think of the atomic structure, the difference between two successive shells. So if we know exactly what energy we can look for, then it's really easy to detect that on a detector. What's the difference between these two successive shells? Can you like elaborate on that? So it's just the energy so if you think of the atomic um, structure. Mm-hmm. So we have the atoms, so we have the nucleus in the middle. And then we have um, electronic orbitals. Yes. So we think of those as shells, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so each cell has a different state of energy. So we have the ground state, so that's the first orbital. And then, so if you think of, so let's say the hydrogen atom for simplicity. So we have one electron that orbits the nucleus. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, excited states. So these are higher level orbitals that this electron sitting in the ground state can go up to. And so these are very discrete energy levels. And so if you think of an electron um, being excited, so it needs a certain energy to reach the next um, state. Mm -hmm. And then once it de-excites, which is a spontaneous process, that de-excites back to its ground state energy. And so that releases energy in the form of a photon Mm -hmm. or an x-ray that is of that energy difference between the two shells.
0: So by losing the energy, it creates a photon, and the photon just like? Flies off into the air, if you will. Yes. Okay. So hopefully, it flies into our detector. <laughs> right. Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Cool. And so the golden nanoparticles cause more of this de-excitation? Yes.
1: Yeah, so this is happening a lot um, due to the photoelectric effect. We are um, using a, an energy that's that's a certain energy that causes this to happen more often in gold. And so this is gonna so this is gonna happen a lot in gold, essentially. And so the more this occurs the more photons we get therefore the better signal we get okay. and so that kind of falls into um, what my research is looking at so we're looking at um, different concentrations of gold that we have in a certain like test piece of plastic essentially or a test piece of uh, water mm-hmm. <laughs> in my simulations and uh, we're looking at okay what kind of how can we quantify how well these images are so what kind of um, signal noise ratio and what do the pictures look like what's the best possible resolution we can get, that kind of
0: metrics. OK, sweet. Cool. And the gold nanoparticles are proving to uh, make a better picture than what is already being used in, um, in medicine.
1: Yeah, actually, I think so. So we're looking at different stages of energies. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of branching into a different energy looking at. So the big challenge right now, actually, is um, separating the fluorescent signal of photons from background scatter that we see. Okay. So that's a big challenge right now. Um, so right now we're looking at using a different energy and looking at different de-excitations. So we're looking at one set of de-excitations that happen more frequently, but we're also looking at um, a different, like a lower energy, because that energy of the different fluorescent x-rays falls outside the range of the scatter that we see. So this is basically improving the detector sensitivity. Overall, we're kind of moving slowly into clinical application because um, these photons are more likely to come out of small animals because they're just smaller in size. So in the future, we're hoping that this will help with um, imaging small organs such as breast cancer or
0: surface tumors, that kind of thing. So it's not, uh, the golden nanoparticles are n- not specifically going to be used for deeper parts of the body, looking at the lungs, looking at the heart, that sort of thing?
1: Um, not likely, because um, they're pretty deep inside of us. So it, it's going to be a very difficult um, task to image um, the
0: whole body, essentially. Yes, and I'm <laughs> sure that it would be difficult to inject something into the heart from the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a lot of research about this being done at Stanford University. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does the research at the University of Victoria uh, tie into that?
1: My supervisor uh, Magdalena basilova Carter, she um, just came from Stanford actually. Hmm. So she was a researcher in that field over there and uh, she just came here uh, about a year ago actually. So she was offered um, a, a research a research uh, position here at University of Victoria. In medical physics so she was the only faculty member until uh, this year we got a new one and uh, so she brought all her research here and now has a an army of grad students including myself
0: (laughs) do you know why she chose the University of Victoria as opposed to somewhere else possibly somewhere else in the States we have uh, an existing medical physics program here
1: there was an opening for a faculty position since the, the last faculty member went to the University of Okano- University of British Columbia, the Okanagan, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so she ended up applying and getting the job. I feel like the medical physics program here with her presence
0: definitely got a lot stronger, and her presence is definitely welcomed. Mm-hmm. Would you say that um, the University of Victoria Medical Physics branch, if you will, is a force to be reckoned with now?
1: Absolutely, I would
0: agree. A lot of our research, even
1: with um, the uh, students from past here, was very strong. We have a Amongst our grad students, we definitely have a large range of research. So, there's a few directions where a grad student can go. So, there's the research direction, so kind of going to academia, looking at um, cool ideas and what to explore in medical physics. So, that's kind of where I'm headed, like kind of the cool, new, novel ways of imaging. A lot of other students have uh, research in Raman spectroscopy, gel dosimetry. A friend of mine's doing research in machine learning for like tr- prostate treatment plans, and also doing cl- clinical uh, research as well. Mm-hmm. So um, another route that people can go is into uh, clinical residencies. Mm-hmm. So becoming a clinical medical physicist that does um, help with treatment plans and commissioning of, of uh, machines and things like that. So um, we have a very strong program here in terms of um, students who go off and do clinical residencies. What do you plan on branching out uh, off into? Um, to be honest, um, I'm pretty lost. <laughs> well, not that lost, actually. I'm inclined to do to do a clinical residency because it does um, beef up my experience, and having experience is um, invaluable, I think. Plus, it helps me with, um, or I'd like to be more involved in the helping of people, of course. That's why, I feel like that's why we do it. But I'm also really wanting to do academia or, or possibly go into industry. Those, I'm pretty much... Um, not quite sure, to be honest. I'm definitely leaning towards ending up in research or doing industry. I have a lot of, um, so a lot of my work is in computational, and I feel that's a very strong um, skill I have, so I'm more likely to end up in research industry type of work.
0: Did you um, start getting experience in computational skills when you were doing your undergrad at UBC?
1: Yeah, so in my physics program at UBC, we learned a lot of computer skills and learning how to code and things like that as part of our program since you pretty much need to do that in a lot of science fields nowadays. And so over at my co-op, I worked at Triumph during my co-op year, and I did a lot of simulations there as well. So a lot of my skills I learned over there I'm using right now for my graduate degree. So it's kind of me training to program. And uh, I met a grad student over there who's uh, still a PhD or now doing a postdoc here, at UVic in the medical physics program and uh, he took me under his wing and showed me all about medical physics and taught me the ins and outs of using Python <laughs> which is a programming language and uh, I learned so much from him and I feel like I am here because of that. <laughs>
0: Was it uh, under the wing of this person, what's the person's name if you don't mind me asking? Oh his name is Clay. Clay? Hi Clay. <laughs> Um, under Clay's wing, is that where you learned about golden nanoparticles and CT scans?
1: Actually, no. I was in proton therapy at Triumph before I ended up here. And When I met, uh, when I came over here, I met Magdalena, and she was doing research in that, doing the XFCT stuff. So then I wanted to work with her because she was seemed like a very good supervisor. She is a good supervisor. But yeah, I really wanted to... And I really liked Victoria, so I didn't want to go back to Vancouver, so I wanted to stay here and do research and Want to do a PhD here, mm-hmm. as well. So I was doing other um, work at Triumph in uh, safety, and uh, he was just start or he was um, second year PhD I believe at the time, working on proton therapy. Mm-hmm. So looking at how um, how we treat eye tumors at Triumph using protons from the big cyclotron over there. Okay. So I ended up doing a year of research um, down the road on that. So that was my um, honors thesis in my undergrad, and then I wanted to. So I ended up coming to University of Victoria initially to work on that project, but then I decided uh, to get out of that and go into imaging.
0: And what made you continue on with uh, learning about golden nanoparticles?
1: This kind of falls into my project, but it seems like a very cool, um, a cool research project, and I see a lot of application down the road, and so that's something I wanted to attach my name to in the scientific community.
0: Cool. Oh, that's a really great reason. processes are used to test the efficacy of the gold particles so what do we use in order to see these gold particles what programs
1: I guess that's kind of the the research question I'm trying to answer i um, using this sort of imaging technique mm-hmm. okay. so to the short answer is I don't think we know quite yet but this is the this is the way we'd be able to see them so um, if they're in higher enough concentrations um, you could see them um, decent enough with the CT image, mm-hmm. but no- normally they're in smaller concentrations, so
0: it's a bit difficult with that. Could we not just up the concentration of the gold nanoparticles uh, in order to see them better? Um, that actually depends
1: because um, you could inject a lot, but uh, there's still we still don't know exactly how much is could be a toxic amount, right? Plus, you know, gold's expensive. <laughs> um, But basically the way that the the gold gets to the tumor is by like a passive um, diffusion type of method. So tumors are very metabolic Mm -hmm. so they use up a lot of energy and so naturally like things tend to diffuse there anyway in the bloodstream. So the gold
0: tends to accumulate in the tumor that way. I guess you said you we don't know how much gold is toxic so we're aware that gold can be like these gold nanoparticles can be harmful to humans or small animals?
1: In very high concentrations, yes. Mm-hmm. I saw, I read a paper um, last year that um, they tested gold nanoparticle concentrations in mice, and so at very high concentrations, like in order of like percentage-wise, not necessarily point. So normally I'm, I'm working in the 0.05% concentrations. These concentrations are at like 5%, 10%, like very high, mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and um yeah they found that this actually they did the study on mice and they found that the the mice uh, skin turned blue so there's a discoloration of skin and overall and
0: their in their health you did send me an article um which kind of talks about the research that you're doing or the research that your mentor is doing and something that fascinated me in that article was digital phantoms It's a cool word, and it also is, like, a cool process. Can you explain uh, more about that? Um,
1: Basically, they're kind of just, like, a simulated version in a computer. So I use Monte Carlo simulations, which, given a geometry, Mm -hmm. so, like, material, simulates interaction in matter due to probabilities that occur. So you can use any kind of particle with that. Mm -hmm. So basically, digital phantoms is referring to um, the creation of a geometry. So you can use, like, a cylindrical water phantom, or like a cylindrical plastic phantom, that kind of thing. So like any geometry that you create in this sort of like 3D world or 2D world, depending on your program, Mm -hmm. um, that you cause photons to happen. So we do that a lot in the medical physics community where we have like a simulated geometry. So this could be a people, of an organ, a piece of plastic, that kind of thing. And we see how photons would interact. And then we can measure things like how much dose does this thing receive and that kind of thing so there's a lot of that to simulate okay how much dose is too much can we actually achieve a certain dose di- distribution in a patient how much dose would something receive if we were to image it this way that kind of thing so that's also sort of tied into research we need to make sure we don't kill people when we
0: image them or treat them of course yeah mm-hmm. so with these um simulations you take a type of molecule so say as you said a water molecule and you say okay we have these gold molecules as well and we know what they look like and then you toss them at this—you uh, toss them together in computer simulation, and these digital phantoms are, for probability's sake, what it would look like in the human body or in a another body of some sort. So
1: in my, they're pretty simple in the simulations. So mm-hmm. I just have—so um, in my simulation in particular, I have like a cylindrical water phantom, yes, and it has gold vials in it of varying concentrations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just model it as like a, a gold solution of water, and then I give it a certain density. So a lot of these simulations are pretty, um, I guess, they're rudimentary in a way. Like you just say it's gold because normal, as most of the uh, interactions occur mainly based on density, and there's other like properties that um, they take into account too, such as um, like the the threshold of fluorescence, for example. So that kind of thing is the, it's the important thing, and mainly the dose comes from free electrons and free ions that come out. Mm-hmm. So the simulations need to be able to deposit um, dose in a way or be able to transport electrons in a way in that body, Mm -hmm. so we can score the dose that occurs.
0: Okay, for sure. So this is uh, the simulations are more to figure out how much dosage uh, we can supply to a small animal as opposed to seeing like whether or not it's going to work.
1: That's one application, yeah. One application is looking at the dose delivered to a small animal or a phantom and uh, and I'm using my, my simulations to record um, the photons that come out from um, that interaction of fluorescence with gold and the incident photons. So there's there's many uses. Um, so it's used all over the, phys- the physics community, um, but it's very important in medical physics because you know we're dealing with patients. So, um, so over in particle physics, they use these simulations to see what kind of um, exotic particles we can get out of like smashing particles and colliders and seeing what comes out. So simulating that, or in, uh, in other physics too, like how Can you simulate that?
0: How do you hope that uh, this new way of doing uh, different medical scans with the golden nanoparticles will change medicine involving those procedures?
1: That's a good question. I think so it's very early on right now. So it hasn't been tested on people yet. It's just on the small animal tests. But um, I think it could revolutionize the way we image breast cancer, for example, or just like small organs in general that we can image. So I think that it's going to be good for, for treatment, for one, like gold nanoparticles mm-hmm. is a big one in the future, and then also in imaging as well. So being able to image that. So I think it has a pretty good outlook, Although we can't really say for sure without you know clinical trials on people and outcomes and things like that, and then comparing with how well it is um, with just regular control trials. But uh, I have a very positive outlook on it. Sweet. Uh, next steps for researching this procedure would be what? so right now we're looking at um, so right now the big hurdle of course is to separate the fluorescent signal from the background garbage signal that we get so there's research in ways to minimize that so how well can we achieve a good image with uh, what we're living to now Um, so a big thing is that we can get better images with uh, mono energetic photons but um, it's nearly impossible to achieve that (laughs) Um, so how well can we get that and also um, Basically, yeah, just getting the best image we can at this point and then be able to put that in practice.
0: Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.